Welcome to the Digital Workplace Podcast. These are conversations with CEOs of digital companies, thought leaders, and solution providers about how you can become a level five digital workplace. For the show notes and transcript of this episode, go to thedigitalworkplace.com. Well, welcome back to the Digital Workplace Podcast. Today, our guest is Nikki Hoyland. She is the CEO of Hooler. Hey, Nikki, how are you today? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Neil. How are you? I'm excellent. It's been fun to get to know you and get to know your company a little bit. But first, I'm convinced you're a real human, but we need to do this capture question to affirm your humanity. Nikki, your question is, what is your favorite weather season where you live? Um, well, I live in Manchester in the UK, which is pretty notorious for rain and grey skies. So I would say anything that's blue sky, a little bit of sunshine, but not too hot because I think 30 degrees in Manchester is very different to 30 degrees by a pool. Yeah. Um, relaxing on holiday. So yeah, I've got to say that would be a, about my favourite season. So probably like late summer, early autumn. That's great. I'm totally with you. Like I'm here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and we have like all winter is like gray, 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 gray. And it's yeah. really tough to deal with. So anytime there's clear, I, I'd even do like cold, like zero degrees is fine. As long as it's sunny, like as long as you get that out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like I like going out for a cold run in the winter. Yeah. It, it's icy cold, but the sun's out and that's really nice. I hear that. Just, rain or snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Nikki, tell us a little bit about your company, the, the size you're at and what your product is. Yeah, of course. So um, as, you, as you say, I'm the CEO of a company called Hula. Um, we're a work tech uh, company that uh, enable a people-first approach to technology, whether that's some um, bespoke development or whether that's our, our hub, um, which is Hula Hub, which is a digital launch pad to get to everything that you need in two clicks. So rather than wasting precious, precious time of 16 clicks or losing, was that in Slack? Was that in email? Did somebody send it me? Have I bookmarked it? It's a way for you to curate what matters to you, both as the organization for your people and allowing them to get what they need quickly, but also you as the individual and how you collaborate with people inside your team. Um, all of that's accessible, any device, any browser, any time. Um, and I, I think there's this there's this true blend that we've started to see over the past many months of actually how do we enable people to work effectively, but also understand that they're a human being, they are going to pick up this device, they are going to look at some things inside their personal life and we need this flex inside this this new now of work, not future of work. Yeah. Um, and how do we we enable technology to I guess allow us to be more collaborative and more effective rather than restrictive and kind of limit culture and, and how we work? What are the ways that you think, I mean, you describe yourself as a people first approach to technology. And what ways has the general march of technology strayed away from that? Um, I think at times we we forget that we're dealing with human beings. Um, I think we 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 can we can start to look at you know algorithms and automated uh, approach um, to some of the tasks that we run. We tend to kind of one one size fits all people, um, whether that's in how they want to personalize what matters to them, the content that they see, uh, the times of day in which they do things, the how they might feel at a certain time, and how technology can enable that, um, and also the amount of screen time that we, we we get as as human beings um i think there's a certain amount of responsibility on all work technology to go actually how do we age digital wellness amongst the people that are using this because we aren't processors we're not um we're not just algorithms that run um you know we're 
we get tired. We we feel feel the weight of, of of the working day, and I think especially during the pandemic, we've we've had this. You know, you turn off one screen and then you go to another screen, yeah. um, and that will evolve as we start to disconnect from. Hey, we're having to work during a lockdown inside of a, of a pandemic versus actually what does work from anywhere look like um, for roles that can, um, which I'm sure we'll get onto a little bit. But I think that's interesting at the moment that. People's focus is very, very much on desk-based workers that have the ability to have flexibility of location, whereas there are many, many organisations that they have a, a hybrid, um, another layer to hybrid too, that they have some roles that people have to be in a fixed location. They have some roles that people can have an area of flexibility and how do we start to, to make sense of this world that actually that's fair for everybody um, and it's communicated and you know the organizations still have the same values and they're able to evolve and adapt as as the workforce um, moves <laughs> and customers yeah. and their expectations change too um, so yeah I think it's it's been a it's been a great experiment of what can <laughs> work like I think and uh, I, I really really hope that we don't sort of revert and we you know we continue to learn and adapt yeah and I think that's such a great point because like you said, it's one thing for all of us to ignore the lessons we've learned, but it's another thing to increase this kind of digital divide that's there between people who do have the ability to work remotely and have those skills and have that exposure. And then yeah. that portion of the population just streamlines into the future and says, hey, this is great, wonderful. I'm just going to order everything online, but not recognizing there's a whole huge swath of people that are still there trying to support everything that's going on too. Yeah, yeah. And I think it, you know, we, we, we're very much, especially in our industry, we're very focused on how that's impacting work technology. I read mm-hmm. some really interesting stuff recently around the way as consumers, our behaviors and patterns have changed. So there's obvious stuff, right, around, am I going to go to a shopping center if I can order something online that afternoon that would, you know, arrive rapidly for free delivery? And I probably am if it's an experience. If I'm going for lunch, I'm grabbing a coffee, I want to try mm-hmm. something on. I don't really know what I want to go and get because I need to explore. You don't yeah. have that kind of experience digitally. Um, same with fitness and and so on. Why would you why would you choose to travel to a gym if you could choose to do Peloton, AquaFit, or something online? Again, it mm-hmm. would be experience of the gym, the location, meeting a friend, grabbing lunch right. after. And I think even you know retail brands are starting to see the impact there, I was, I was reading around luxury retail and how do you start to differentiate when people don't necessarily understand the product in a digital space, the experience mm. offered in quite a unique showroom setup and the experience that you get of possibly champagne or the way that you're treated and and, and the assumptions of, of, of what you're there to buy and, and spend. And I think we'll, we'll see that evolve and constantly adapt and how do people approach things differently such that you still have these expectations of of brands, but those experiences then come into your digital space too. Um, so it'll, yeah, it'll be. I think it's it's far wider than oh, well, obviously far wider than just word technology. Yeah. Um, and but that will evolve then how businesses need to adapt and how they need to respond to customers and the roles of you know what's required inside the business and tasks and capabilities of, of how we continue to adapt with with our customers too. 
Absolutely. Well, when I hear you talking about this human people first approach to tech, we, we've talked about being able to customize what we're seeing. You're talking about that experience nature, which I think is extremely important to figure out like what is that important. Another thing that I know is important at Hooler is that you guys look at beauty and aesthetics uh, because mm-hmm. you, your product is not just like bookmarks everywhere. It's like actually nice things to interact with. So t- yeah. talk us more about just the 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 importance of things just being pleasing to the eyes and to the experience and the effort you've put into that. Yeah, it's um firstly thank you. <laughs> sure. uh, it's hugely important because I think I think work technology needs to 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 evolve to catch up to what we expect inside consumer tech. Um so if you only need to look at you know, free applications and interfaces across uh, smart devices or smart TVs or the way that you even interact when you're ordering something in-store at McDonald's or something like that. We we need to make it easy for people to go, actually, this is an adding more cognitive load to the task Mm. that we're actually here to do because if it does and it starts to distract, we'll either lose them or it will become far more um, arduous than it needs to be. So actually, if we can, A, enable that, that experience to be easy across any device, any browser and any time, brilliant, barriers to entry, hugely reduced. If we can then personalize that, that that's not just um, kind of a one size fits all, it is specific to me and what I might need either in my role or where I'm based or the time of day or the task that I'm doing and the task at hand. And then if I personalize that further, so why wouldn't I want on a very, very mundane reporting system that gives me loads of great data, but to get to it, why wouldn't I want a great image of my dog or a picture that I did at the weekend that actually delights me to go there? And it starts to already set my mind up to, to, to a very different space to the task that I'm about to go and do. Why wouldn't I want to arrange what matters to me in the way that I could on any device that I have. Yeah. And if we start to think about those, you know, those experiences and that personalization, actually it feels so much more fluid um, in terms of the tasks that you're you're there to do, um, rather than these constant barriers that we put in people's way or the confusion that we add around this <laughs> so many sites, systems, applications that we we consume on a day-to-day basis that are all so, so very different and call for our attention all the time. Yeah. Um, and I think if we can put that back at the core and something, you know, from a, from a Hula point of view, that's the entire point is to bring all of that into a space that is personalized, is specific for you, and it allows you to be more effective and productive inside of something that's actually an enjoyable experience. Yeah, yeah. You guys call your product the digital home, like <laughs> a place to sit. We, we often talk about, you know, what's your digital headquarters? Like where, where do you keep all your important information and different things? And it's just a... It's a great thing to talk about. As you were saying about personalization, I was thinking about the fact of like, even throughout the day, what I need is different. Because at the start of the day, I'm typically a little bit more organized, a little bit more motivated, have that strong willpower to to know what I want to do. But then as the day wears on, you know, I'm more and more prone to be distracted, to be like, yeah, I've done enough things, which sometimes is fine. But other times, like I would need like that digital home to shift throughout as the as the clock goes on and to be able yeah. to prompt me with more uh, things that I, I do want to focus on and, and avoid getting things that are distracting to me. And that's certainly where, you know, the evolution of the product is to, to say, actually, you know, we know that you come in and these are the things that you, you do first and actually have yeah. to start to present information to you at the right time. Uh, mm, yeah. you and, and, and coming at that from the correct lens 
So it's not a data lens in order to go, well, what are you doing and why are you not? It's more a how do we enable you to, um, yep. which I think is, is ever so slightly different. Um, I think then enabling that to um, evolve with you as, you know, you might be in a, a more focused zone. So as, a, as an example, a lot of our users at the moment have gone, actually, we're going to create some kind of work hacks inside of Hula. So one of those hacks, as an example, is rather than be distracted by, you know, the, the 100 emails that you may have when you're coming back off leave um, and you need to compose an email really quickly, create an entire that takes you straight to compose so you're not even distracted by seeing yeah. the different folders or seeing the tasks that you need to do that probably at times can be quite overwhelming. I'm just able to create these focused hacks that, as you say, throughout the day, as that day gets a little bit more distracting, especially in a world of all the notifications that we have, being able to remain focused at the task at hand and you be the person in control of that, I think is is really key. Um, yeah. Especially as, you know, inside the work patterns that we see inside flexible work. Absolutely. I think it's going to take technology getting smarter and us getting smarter as well to recognize those patterns in ourselves and, and to feed off that for sure. Yeah. Nikki, one, one thing we've talked about in the past is this balance between the right to disconnect from work and the right to flexible work. Yeah. And how both those things seem like great things, but sometimes they're odds with each other. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you navigate that tension. Yeah, I think um, I think firstly both are hugely important, uh, especially inside this this now or as we're, we're saying future of work. But but it is now, so mm-hmm. I think putting it too far in the future suggests that we've got time to to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> it has been for some time. Um, Jason Averbrook constantly talks about this. This is here and now, and, and I think it's the absolutely right approach. Um, it, obviously, the the right to disconnect of this, we, we feel like we're always on. We feel like mm-hmm. we're, you know, there's a constant ping, or there's a constant that fear of missing out. That's very much driven through social media. Of I'm picking up my phone actually without a notification. I'm starting to do that inside and have been inside the world of work. Um, I think. Our calendars become almost that back to back to back to back. If somebody sees a slot, it's almost like a game of, right, mm. <laughs> I'll grab that 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, and by the nature of, you know, that we we sometimes don't have commutes or, you know, gaps between meetings to move between meeting rooms and, and so on, we can be in a very on, 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 on space. So I do think the, the concept of disconnects and owning you as the individual let's say people with different working patterns to you. Actually, I, I really like the kind of, hey, I might have different working hours to you. This is when I send email, but I don't expect to reply if that's outside of your working hours. I think it's up to you to own where you're going to kind of switch those things off and expect what your your own sort of service level of, of reply is. But then the concept of right to disconnect where that's forced and we're starting to see, hey, some work systems have to actually be physically closed and, and not accessible between certain hours that, that may even be you know, mandated. It's a complete polar flex, uh, sorry, a complete um, uh, polar to the, the concept of flexible work because by the very nature of it, you are saying, I have to have done these things between these hours or I can't. So if we can start to enable technology and again, as, as part of where we're taking Hula as um, a, a product is actually, let's say you log in um, early in the morning and you start your, your daily routine and the tasks that you always do. 
we know information about you that we're going to get from your workplace. So why don't we go, right, okay, the sort of clock starts ticking. And by that, I mean, we know your activity started. Now that might be five o'clock in the morning when you, before you go in the gym, it might be half nine after you drop the kids. Um, but we know that's when you're starting. We can then start to say, actually, it's been seven hours. So we're going to knock back the work-based content that is inside Hula and is being served for you. And we're going to pull forward your more personal content that you've added or your more collaborative content that you've added of collections that, you know, you go to that might be personal development or recipes or, or whatever that might be to you. But you can still interact with the work stuff. So from a digital well-being point of view, we're absolutely suggesting, hey, this is where that natural split should start to come. We're not going to limit mm. you, but we're absolutely going to recommend that. So similar to screen time on your phone, right? Even though that's my phone, it's my device, I've chosen to put those apps on. I need to put a limiter at times on myself as to how much time I want to spend in something. So these subtlety of suggestion, I think is hugely important. I think then even saying, you know, it's then been another three hours that you're still plugged in and you're still in digital. Why don't you switch off completely? Why don't we mm. look to take technology to that point of, you know, it's time to step away and, you know, unplug for a little while. Um and get outside and move and breathe and, you know, be with family and friends and, and get that some of that balance. So I think these are some of the ways in which we can we can enable culture through technology rather than define it. Um, yeah. I think the right to disconnect, right, everything's off. You are defining the working day. Um, but that's not me saying I don't understand the need for disconnection from, from work and burnout because I, I think it's a huge problem. And I think this is the challenge as you look at the difference between consumer technology and business technology too, because apps like Facebook or LinkedIn, like they're built to keep you on the platform as long as possible. Mm. But the we take the same concepts of that and we apply it to some of our internal work management tools where we have notifications, we have emails going off and like we want to keep people on those too. But like, I don't want to be on really either of those platforms that much. Yeah. But the more we can encourage people to say, hey, come in, do your work and then leave. Like, don't stick around. Don't check every notification that comes through. Like, just get the important ones and, and go through. I think that's, that's a really important thing that it's going to take some time to figure out how to do. And I think that's the, you know, what we're, we're looking to help solve with with Hulu is that you you bring your work in and you bring some of that personal in. And it's flexibility, right? Because I, I, I personally think it's completely unrealistic if anybody still believes that people aren't going to pick up a personal device during working yeah. hours and do things that, are outside of work that they're going to, but equally flexibility is a two-way thing, right? So if mm-hmm. I then need somebody to, because of working patterns or a customer needs us to you know, be on a later call, that works both ways. So the flexibility and the enablement inside the technology is what's important, not the definition of. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, it, the more that we can be productive because that's then across any device, any place, any time, it's reducing something that might be, 16 clicks for me every single time but that's then two clicks i can get to what i need really really quickly i can share that with people really really quickly i can integrate with lots of other systems um that allows me to go i want a bit of that i want a bit of that a bit of that and kind of lego block the way that yeah. we build this infrastructure i think that's where we start to get the the true power of technology yeah i love it Nikki, tell us a little bit about your company and what your experience with hybrid work has been like as you, what were you before the pandemic started? What's been that experience like? Yeah, I, um, we, we've always been able to um, have the option to work remotely. So flexible work of, you know, people 
because we work on laptops that everything's in the cloud, the option has always been there. So I, we weren't as impacted by, hey, we physically can't. And I think a lot of companies had to go through digital transformation in the space of a couple of days or weeks. Um, I think, you know, there's a certain, I guess, there's the styles of individuals where people want to be in the office. And I think this is what's being missed a little at the moment. Some people really enjoy the commuting, being in an office, being with other people, the collaborative nature of, of, of being outside of the home. Um, and other people don't. Other yeah. people might want to come in once a week, once a month. They might want to work at home from a WeWork, from a customer site, from a Starbucks. And I think we need to try, if we can, to separate between it's either office or home because I think embracing this concept of anywhere does include the office rather than just remote. Um our business, we've, you know, we've had the same challenges as as everybody. That sometimes the the value of being together, which again kind of ties me back to that whole experience of you know when you go to a shopping centre or when you go to the gym, the experience is you know that collaboration with, a, with another individual. And I I personally love the power of jumping up on a whiteboard with a pen and getting back and forth with it. I love that, and that's really hard to do over a screen, especially when there's more than one-on-one because in a, in a, in a group of individuals that you would see certain personality uh, preferences anyway around a meeting table, some people would be naturally quieter. That's amplified in digital that people just reserve, 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 and, you know, the louder voices start to talk. So I think you have to change the ways in which you collaborate and, and communicate. And, and again, I think as we, as we come out, of the pandemic touch wood, um, we can then start to really, really separate. Actually, this new work from anywhere is very different to having everybody has to work at home in lockdown and, you know, we can't enjoy our personal lives and go on holiday and to, you know, meals and see family and friends, which also carries a very, very heavy weight in terms of people's mental health. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd be lying if I said it was, you know, absolutely breezy. Um, <laughs> it was so unexpected right we nobody yeah. knew um, but I think we've we've learned from that and that's been that's been what's important for us and I think it's core cool for any organization is to to listen ask um if something's not working how do you change it how do you adapt it um and constantly evolve and I, I don't think anybody's gonna move into work from anywhere hybrid flexible work whatever you choose to call it. it's all work right like, mm. I think we should just the, the 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 precursor in its work um nobody will get it right straight away yeah um, they'll need to constantly evolve and adapt yeah i think that's the best thing to remind people is that like you need to try something right now you got to commit to one model at least for the three months or as you go forward but you're not going to get it right you're going to have to keep evolving and keep figuring out new things i love the point you made about the whiteboarding i mean i think that's something that especially people who like thrive in those environments are great. And it's one thing to like schedule, say, hey, we're all going to meet together at the office and do this brainstorming session. But so many of those sessions just happen impromptu and need space to figure that out too. And so to see Mm -hmm. how technology develops, I think the fact that we went straight from being in office in this very media rich, high fidelity environment just to Zoom screens, like that was a huge loss of kind of connection Mm -hmm. for people. I think there's there's a lot of ways technology can fill those gaps. It just hasn't yet. Hopefully that will come soon as it goes through. Yeah, I think, and I spoke a lot about it very early on into the pandemic. I think as long as we 
really, really try to not just force how we would do stuff face-to-face through digital and how we embrace different ways um, to connect with people, how we find time to do more than just the agenda of the meeting um, that allows that natural rapport and, um, I guess, trust to to build with with people. But, you know, lifting and shifting what you did face-to-face and putting that over Zoom ain't ever going to work specifically, specifically not long-term, certainly short-term. It's yeah, a need yeah. to um, But I think we're, you know, we're, we're through that now and people need to think differently. Like, I think we need to, things that might have worked, you know, really, really well or didn't work, let's evolve and, you know, and start to look at what's the true, true problems we're trying to solve. Because I think a lot of people trying to solve problems just at the moment that don't exist yeah. or they're busy firefighting. Um, and then not looking at actually how do we start to serve our people um, in the needs and in the ways in which, you know, they are going to need the next six months, 12 months, 18 months, because we're so, so focused on now. Um, and we've had to be, we've had to yes. be right. so reactive. Um, I think a lot of the technology that we've put in, we need to allow to, to bed and learn and adapt and grow when something like Hula have actually you come to one place to get out to these things because we brought in this multitude of stuff and we expect you to bring that into your workflow and understand it and get it and know where everything is. It's just unrealistic. Mm. Um, Enable people that kind of, where do I go to get to what I need when I don't know what I don't know that saves me time? Um, You know, I I think really, really helped with how we simplify some of the complexity that we've, we've probably added in. Absolutely. I mean, the point you made at the start was what we're, our show is kind of based on. We have these five levels of a digital workplace. And that level two is just where you replicate whatever was going in the office, you find the digital equivalent for. And mm-hmm. that's a horrible place to stay um, because <laughs> you, you do end up with all these problems and you can't replicate what you were trying to do and you just get frustrated at things. You have to move forward to where you can rebuild uh, work in a, in a new place. So thanks for making our point uh, very well there and eloquently. <laughs> So great. Uh, Nikki, where can people go if they want to learn more about uh, Hula and the other work that you do? Yeah, uh, Hula.io. I'm sure we can put that in the, the show notes or people yep. can get in touch with me directly on, on Nikki Hula and across all social media. Um, I'm the Nikki H uh, on some stuff, but I always come up searchable. Um, and I'd love to, you know, I'm a huge work tech nerd. Um, I love learning from other people and, you know, seeing the challenges that we're all facing. Um and I think we, you know, we're a lot stronger when we we all pull together. Um, we all communicate. We all share the challenges that that we've got, and we all share the wins as well. There's been, you know, there's been so much focus on a lot of the things that I think the pandemic has highlighted the very, very best of uh, humanity, and also the very worst at the same time. So I think those wins are are great to share. So I'd love to connect with people. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. We look forward to staying in touch. Welcome. Thanks ever so much for having me. This has been the Digital Workplace Podcast. If you liked it, please take a minute to leave a review wherever you can. Go to thedigitalworkplace.com and sign up for our twice a month newsletter. It keeps you up to date on the best ways to build a level five digital workplace. Music for the show is provided by City of Sound. I'm your host, Neil Miller. Keep moving forward.